am standing in the middle of a paddock in between Lancefield and Tuberac and there's no sign of human um, existence <laughs> except for me. <laughs> but um, I stood here for a bit. I'm, I'm burying our cat. I'm in Nulla Vale and uh, I'm burying my daughter's cat and it was a very, it was a nice, um, it was so peaceful doing it. Uh, and yeah, a bush burial, but it's not the bush here, but it's rural Victoria. Uh, it, it, I'm in the middle of nowhere. And uh, uh, there's a half moon with a, just a slight bit of cloud cover so you can see the clouds going past the moon, but the moon's still bright enough so that I can see the landscape about. And I've finished burying the cat and put a little bunch of flowers on top. Uh, a nice dignified burial. Um, so peaceful. Uh, nice. You know, it's, it's getting in touch with nature uh, when something dies and is buried. Um, it's a very natural thing to do. Uh, some kangaroos were hopping around here too. Uh, and before. Um, anyway, so I had some music on. <laughs> Uh, and you know, just digging, 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 and um, and you know, it's been a big day. I played football today. Uh, this is a, a, I'm having a very Australian day today. Um, oh, if you're from overseas, whenever I say football, I mean football. Okay, I don't mean soccer or any form of rugby. Okay. Uh, yeah, I had a great time playing football. First game in, I think, 30 years. It's a long story. Uh, but uh, the, it's a dad's game between rival schools. So all the fathers of the children uh, in one school play all the fathers in, of the children in another school and all the children go around the boundary line and watch it. Uh, we do have women's football now, and I suppose technically we could have the mothers as well playing, but there doesn't seem to be much of a push for that at the school. None of the mothers seemed to have their hand up for that anyway. Uh, so maybe, you know, another, give it another 20 or 30 years and we'll have a mixed team. But right now it was just dads. And uh, so, yeah, very... Oh, just, it was a, it's a nice day. You know, it's, 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 obviously it's a, a bad thing when something dies, but it just didn't feel like that tonight. Um, and all the stars are very bright here too because there's very little stray light out here. Uh, you know, this is technically, or, you know, um, geographically, whatever you want to call it, the centre of Victoria. I'm right in the... Lansfield is right in the middle of Victoria, so I'm just north of that. Uh, and oh, the clouds have just um, gone past the moon, so I've got some clear sky and lots of stars. And it's beautiful, just me, the cat, and my car in the middle of a paddock. And this is where we bury all our pets. Uh, I must have buried six or seven of our pets up here over the years. So when one dies, I bring it up here. Um, okay, uh, anything else to say? Uh, not really. Um, 
you know, I don't mind wasting your time. <laughs> but I'm, ha- oh, that's what I was doing. I was, I, I turned the music off, you know, I, you know. Um, now, look, I'll give you the detail. So you dig, a, you dig a nice deep hole because you don't want the foxes getting in there. Um, and that, that, that matters, they can smell it. Um, so you dig a deep hole. This is nature. And, um, and the cat was wrapped in a pink blanket. I had the cat in a box uh, in the back of the car. And then I put the cat in the pink blanket carefully down, you know, lowered the cat down in there. I had to get down on my hands and knees. And then I found a slab of granite uh, and put the slab of granite on top of the cat. Again, you know, to make it even harder for the foxes. Uh, And then filled in the hole and then it was a mound, of course. Now, when I dug the hole, I took a layer of... uh, It's been raining a lot lately. We're in winter. And uh, so the ground is nice and soft. I've been up here burying pets when the ground is rock hard. But right now, it's really soft. Uh, So um, the grass is very green and thick. So I took a layer of soil and grass off the top of the hole that was about to be dug before I dug the hole and put that to one side so that when the mound came along afterwards I could carefully put the um, the grass back on top you know make a nice neat mound and then the flowers on top okay now if you think this is all wasting your time then you know you shouldn't be listening to my listening to my podcasts anyway if you think this sort of thing is wasting your time you know, go and go and listen to something exciting but I'm having a little uh, moment in nature here. Um, so, and I, I texted my wife and said, it's just so peaceful here. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I really, you know, I'm, I'm not an emotional person in any way, shape or form. Everybody else um, is given, a, given over to their emotions, often compared to me. You know, I'm sort of famous for that. Yeah don't really get upset um and i'm not upset now in fact death has never upset me and i think my mum made me like that uh and you know i don't know whether that's in one's genetics either uh but my mum never had a you know she made us comfortable with death from when we were born where you know she's now um yeah, it's just one of the, you know, it's just a natural thing. And um, it's, uh, you know, I don't, don't bother about my own death. Or, yeah. Well, I'm sure there are some deaths I would bother about. But I don't bother about my own. And I don't mind when a cat dies of old age. I think it's kind of lovely. In fact, this cat had the best old age possible. My daughter, whose cat it is, uh, it was a stray that we picked up off the street. It should have been dead four years ago. Yeah. It would have been dead four years ago. I'm wandering around the paddock now. I've left the car as I speak. It would have been dead four years ago, but for my daughter, who took it off the streets. We knew the cat all through the years. It belonged to some other house, and we know which house it was. And they up and left. The house was bulldozed, you know, redeveloped and turned into flats. And they left the cat behind. They seem to just go. It's very odd. Um, so my daughter rescued the cat off the streets. 
and it has had the finest cuts of meat yeah. um, in the last sort of week or two when it could no longer eat. You know, my daughter would chastise me then and say, he, not it, but, you know, I say whatever I want. Um, in the last um, uh, week or so, um, she was feeding it cream because it couldn't eat meat anymore and always the most expensive food and all that sort of thing and warmth all through this winter it's cost me a fortune <laughs> they've my daughter has had the heater on day and night um, in the house so the cat could be warm whilst we're all at work and school uh, so that's the sort of life this cat's had and just in the last couple of days um, it couldn't eat at all and um, it really was peaceful obviously you know it's just faded away and uh, my wife was putting it putting the cat on its raised bed very comfortable lying there like a baby um, with the, uh, by the back door which is glass um, and the sun has been shining on its face uh, during the day and the heat has been on again so yeah, you know, that's the story of Tom. Yeah, just a mere cat, just a cat. Um, but here am I, um, giving the cat a send-off um, into a podcast even, in the middle of nowhere. That's amazing, I can even do that too. I'm connected to the internet somehow here. <laughs> I can't see any towers. You know, somehow the, somehow the internet, you know, somehow I've got a connection. Even out here, there's a tower somewhere, I'm sure, that I can't see. All right. Or a satellite. No, I think it's towers. All right. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. And I was standing here. I stood here for about five minutes before I started speaking into the podcast. Uh, sorry, I, uh, I got chopped off there. Uh, someone was trying to ring me. I'll ring that person back again uh, in a minute. Uh, you know, in the old days, no one could do that when you're out in the middle of the nowhere. I used to work on a farm for a couple of years. And when you were out in the middle, of, when you were in the back paddocks, there was no way anyone could reach you. Uh, if someone needed you, they had to drive out to you and say, you know, and pass on a message to you. I, I really did like that. You, know, you knew if you had a whole day working in a back paddock somewhere on something. Um, I worked on a farm for about two years uh, after, you know, in between year 12 and uni um, and kept working there in first year uni on the weekends and all that sort of thing. And, uh, and when you were out in the back paddocks or, you know, I, I worked on a place that was... 6,000 acres and some of that was miles away um, you knew you had the day to yourself and no one could ring you um, and that was peaceful too yeah. uh, I, I feel sorry for in one way people who live in urban, ju urban jungles you know because I have been exposed to rap music and rap sort of stuff you know and Amer you know urban culture and all that sort of stuff and you know they live their existence somewhere in LA in America or something you know and all the imagery and their whole life experience, um, none of it's just, none of it is 
ha- bears any resemblance to me today. You know, um, waking up, uh, getting plenty of fluids in uh, because I knew the game was coming up and I needed. I didn't want to cramp, and and then going for a light jog. You know, all very healthy and fresh. Nothing urban, you know. We've just got a nice sort of suburb. There's nothing like an urban jungle. Um, and and then going off to the football and your kids on the boundary line and wife and all that sort of stuff. And my brother was there. And uh, and then just the camaraderie in the change rooms beforehand. We had Creedence Clearwater Revival, uh, you know, um, Fortunate Son on and songs like that, whilst everyone was... Uh, prepare you know getting into their gear and just the, everyone grinning at each other and smiling because we were all just old blokes pretending to be 20 and reliving our youths again uh it's just fantastic you know and just everyone was on a high all the blokes you know we had 27 blokes because we did a lot of rotations because you know we're not 20 uh so we all rotated a lot uh yeah. Um, so 18 on the field at any one time, of course. And, uh, yeah, well, uh, well, it started off nine on the bench and I started on the bench. I'm the oldest there, uh, as it turns out, but I'll, by no means am I the least fit. I was able to run the whole game out. Um, and four blokes went down during the game. Uh, one, uh, oh, yeah. George, I, I, you know, I hung with George after the game until his wife could bring the car down, and he's done his Achilles, um, so we just had a chat. <sighs> so he's in for something, you know, next six weeks rehab, you know, probably a surgery. I'm not sure how Achilles works. And another guy, his knee popped, um, and another guy did um, an ACL, and another guy broke his finger, and came back to, you know, got back to the game just in time to show us his x-rays. And, oh, <laughs> the finger was actually detached from where it was supposed to be. And it was a dislocation only. And he had it shoved back into its joint. <laughs> and he said it hurt like hell. Uh, anyway, but the camaraderie was there. Uh, George was a bit down, you know, uh, because, yeah. Uh, you, you you go along to these games and you know someone's going to be injured. Uh, last year, apparently, two guys got knocked out and one guy got taken to hospital. Uh, everyone goes in hard. It's not Mickey Mouse uh, because the two schools do have a rivalry and the dads want to wo- want to win with all their kids watching and all that sort of stuff. And there's a cup, you know, and I think it's been going for many, many years, the game. And, um, you know, there's bragging rights. It's tradition. You know. But anyway, urban jungle. Um, yeah, I do feel sorry uh, for on one level. You know, may, look, maybe those people who live in urban jungles are having a better life. But it would be, you know, they're not standing here like me right now. I'm sure where there's no. Oh, we've got a bit of cloud cover here, so I haven't got any stray light from the city. Uh, some, you know, obviously it's hard to get so far out into the country that. There isn't a glow from the city, and there is a glow, slight glow I can see to the south from the city, but by and large, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, and it's dark, except for moonlight. And uh, I'm standing in the middle of a paddock, and I do think all this 
is healthy, you know, and to a certain extent, you know, I get exposed to, well, especially Americanisms, and it's all highly, you know, it's, 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 what is it? It's all the stuff from the streets, you know, there's no streets here, and the road that comes up to this property that I'm on, which is, um, oh, I, I won't even say, but, you know, I've known this property since I was a kid, because I grew up in this area, uh, but my wife has connections to this area too. In fact, I'm on a property, um, uh, well, um, that is essentially uh, her father's, you know, my father-in-law's. Um, but the whole um, farm is owned by someone who used to go to school with me uh, when I was a kid. Um, my wife and I, you know, you end up having connections. <laughs> You know, you meet a woman, you meet a girl, and uh, she was a girl when I met her, and uh, only 16. Um, and you meet a girl and you say, oh, hello, stranger, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And then you find out you've got all sorts of connections going back in time. And you knew all the same people when you were kids. So, uh, and uh, I used to come out here with my brother when I was a kid. We were altar boys in Lansfield. And the priest used to bring us out here uh, chasing rabbits with his greyhounds. He had greyhounds. Uh, Father O'Callaghan. Uh, and, uh, and the farm that we're on, they were, you know, fellow Catholics. Uh, so Father O'Callaghan was allowed to have free access to this farm. And unbeknown to me, uh, there was a family up here as well with a little girl who ended up my wife and I didn't know, also roaming in the same paddocks at the same time. Amazing, you know, that's the coincidences of life, you know. All right then, uh, what else? Oh yes, I was standing in this paddock before and I, um, you know, zenned myself out. Now I'm no, you know, hippie. I really am not, I'm just a thinker. Uh, so I'm not, you know, one of those people who go Om Shiva and you know, have a beautiful experience and all that sort of stuff. I'm not into all that, you know. I really am not. Have you listened to all my podcasts? It's not my style. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just, I, I just take everything as it is, you know. I just have my eyes open and my mind open and um and I'm, I just look at things as I see them and you know I don't really disappear up my own you know but as I stood here and I'm standing here still I'm not having this zen moment now but I did for five minutes before I made myself imagine I was here a hundred thousand years ago and I am fairly certain it would have looked very much like this, perhaps with more trees or something like that, but this landscape hasn't changed. So this valley I'm in, I'm in a valley, and, you know, it would have been exactly this peaceful, and it would have just been sitting here just like this, these hills. These hills would have been sitting here just like this. So if you took me, if you could put me in a time machine, whiz me back to 100,000 years ago, before the indigenous people even got here, to Australia 
whizzed me back and planted me in this exact spot at this time of the night, the moon would be up there, might be a bit of cloud cover, it would feel exactly the same, there'd be a little bit of a wind, I've got a little bit of a wind coming through, just a breeze coming through the trees. Uh, now this is a really healthy thing to be doing, you know, because the cat that I just buried has entered into that timelessness now. But, uh, and I'm in that timelessness too, you know, this is what the indigenous people get at, and other cultures too. But, you know, 100,000 years is a long time. I'm only here for 100, because I am going to 100, by the way. Uh, but 100 is just a click of the fingers, you know. So even as I'm speaking, I'm already gone. You know, I was only here for a, a blink of an eye. But I'm speaking during that blink of an eye right now. And I'm, um, I'm having a timeless moment. You know? Now, I wonder if the religious people get into this very much i'm doing it in a sort of logical rational way but um you know these people who feel more than they think do they feel this sort of stuff you know i'm thinking i'm thinking this through and i'm having a meditative meditative moment through thinking more than feeling you know i'm not zoning out i've got all my senses um on full alert you know i'm um and I'm standing here and I'm just being rational, logical, and saying, do you know what, if you put me in a time machine here, you know, but this is a meditative moment I'm having right now in the middle of um, nowhere, and I am in the middle of nowhere. I'm not even speaking to anyone because who would be listening to this podcast by now, but I'm listening to myself. If you could whiz me back 100,000 years ago and I plant my, and, and, and put me right here, it would still, f these, you know, I'm hearing, did they have crickets back then? Because I can hear some crickets. Can you hear the crickets on the recording? And I can hear frogs, definitely, lots of frogs. There's a, there's a creek um, just in front of me. Uh, and uh, well, when I first met my wife, we came up here and had a picnic by that creek. Um, uh, that was 30-something you know, years ago. Hang on, when were 88, 2008, 2000, yeah, that was 31 years ago. Um, but, you know, I could walk down there and that rock, will, the rock we had the picnic on will still be exactly where it was. <laughs> you know, so it did, you know, and if I go back, I bet you that, and it's a, you know, we have big rocks out here. Um, there were volcanoes here once, more than 100,000 years ago, most certainly, you know, would, this, would that have been a million years ago? Um, this, it's famous, this area. It's got these huge rocks that have clearly fallen from the sky and they're bigger than a house, you know, and they're dotted all around the landscape. It makes it look a little bit like Mars. Um, and, um, and it's good countryside too. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm talking a long, long time ago then. If you put me in a time machine and sent me back then, I'd be ducking for cover. Where do you duck for cover when a rock is coming out of the sky and landing where you are. Do you hop under a tree? <laughs> Quick, take cover under this tree. Oh my goodness, it's actually the size of four houses. It's, a, it's like an apartment block. Bang! There, you're right there with the cat now. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, no humans back then. 
Uh, except me. You might, you know, just popped, hopped out of the time machine. And uh, so if you took me back 100,000 years and I actually made sure I stood here and I didn't go Om Shiva and get myself into that Zen zone, uh, what I did is I just, you know, just stood here and I said, all right, think carefully, Charlie, think carefully, right. You're thinking clearly, thinking carefully, all switched on, all senses switched on. Imagine. You're, you've just done that, and it wouldn't be that different. Right, that's the end of this podcast. Um, and I've had my timeless moment. And, you know, can a funeral be nice? And I think it can. I just had a nice funeral just now, I think. And my wife asked me to say a prayer for the cat, which I Okay. Now, if you've listened to all my podcasts, you'll know I'm not a meditator and I'm not a prayer. But um, if saying a prayer for the cat is important to my wife, it's important to me. This is why you can't be too locked into, in my opinion, too locked into you know, your own sort of selfish philosophies. Um, now, if your wife says, um, if your wife says, please say a prayer for the cat, you say a prayer for the cat and you just don't, and you say it properly. You say it like you mean it. In fact, you really do say a prayer. Um, I do that sort of thing a lot. Um, you know, um, oh, see, theoretically, I could have saved a lot of petrol and just buried the cat uh, way back near Melbourne and no one would have been the wiser. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a little bit like you know, the Ring of Gyges, or Gyges, do, do, am I saying that right, you Greeks? Um, your own um, dignity is all about what you do when no one's watching as well. Uh, and, you know, that's important. Okay. All right, so... Um, so that's probably that. I am probably finished. And, yep, I think I'll go home now. So, goodbye and good night. Oh, we won, by the way. Of course, we won seven out of the last eight matches. I have only started playing this year, but I'm going to play the next four. You know, I've got my son in this school for the next four years, and fathers are invited to play, so I'm, go I'm going to be playing for the next four years. And that'll take me to the age of 60 for my last match in that competition. And uh, I don't know what you're imagining, a 56-year-old playing footy, but I ran it out. I'm robust and I was fine, thank you very much. Uh, yes. Okay, good night. I just listened back to all of that. It's a couple of days later, as I speak now. And uh, yeah, that's one episode which I could have spoken to myself without pressing record, I think. Uh, nevertheless, I did press record, so there it is. It sits there. And, uh, and oh, I like the way 
that I felt famous there at one point, you know. I felt famous for being um, uh, being a thinker before a feeler. Uh, you know, it's good to be famous. You know, and, and by that I meant I'm famous in my own mind. To me, you know, um, a fan club of one and all that sort of stuff. And, um, and you know, I, but look, and I'm more into thinking than I am into feeling than anyone else on the planet. You know? um, that's what I was claiming. Uh, oh, well, two problems with that. Uh, number one, it's bollocks. Uh, there, are, there are plenty of other psychopaths on this planet. You know, sociopathic psychopaths. Is, you know, I'm not the only one. Um, and uh, there, well, there's. I suppose there's another. Well, well, you could accuse me of saying, you think yourself a thinker? <laughs> uh, oh, but as, as I always say, um, I didn't. I never said a good thinker, just a thinker. Yeah, I put I put my thinking before my feeling. Yeah, I let my thinking rule my feeling, uh, and not the other way around. In general, uh, yeah, mostly because I'm a psychopath, and. Um, I don't necessarily say that's a good thing. Often it's a bad thing, uh, but I tend to do it. And, uh, and and just because you put your thinking before your feeling, you know, which makes you a thinker rather than a feeler, it doesn't mean either are good. Yeah, you know, it's not to say that um, you know I'm a thinker before I'm a feeler. Are you saying you're a good thinker? You know, do you call yourself a thinker? No, I, I didn't say I was a good thinker. I just said I was a thinker. Yeah. Um, and so are turtles. <laughs> and so are um, something stupid. Oh. Me.